Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Conversation of Our Generation. My name is Nick Jamel, and I am uh, the creator of The Conversation of Our Generation, the host of the podcast here, and um, editor and main contributor of the blog, conversationofourgeneration.com. And today, I have a special episode for you. We're going to be sitting down talking to Dan Johnson of, uh, of We Do Better, and this is an organization focused on showing people the other solutions that are out there already for, you know, helping meet meeting people's needs, meeting the needs of the people and how there are individuals, organizations, and um, especially in organizations that are out there doing this already and, and doing better than government, really. And obviously you guys who listen to me do know kind of my leaning of a kind of a libertarian side. So uh, this is something that I've now gotten involved in. It's something that I'm working towards and uh, my city of Indianapolis of trying to find these one of the get one of these um, ta- charitable tax credits passed and uh, and so it's something that I'm passionate about it's something that I'm working towards and I wanted to give Dan a chance to come on and talk about it I will be talking about this more and more on my podcast and letting you guys kind of know what's going on with it because here's the thing is with the conversation of our generation this isn't just about simply talking about things and twiddling our thumbs and you know like oh yes what an interesting idea hmm yeah hmm okay cool well I'm going back to what I'm doing and that's it no I want this to like to actually produce fruits you know the you know I talk about this being a digital school of Athens that's what I want an online school of Athens that we can have these tough discussions that produce results and produce ideas that last millennia I mean you can do that now we have internet and storage capabilities to store more than on like a drive than you know an entire library could when the school of Athens was really around and and you can put more than that on a thumb drive and and so and like a million times that on like a server let's be honest so think about that that's an incredible opportunity for us and I want to provide solutions I want this to produce solutions and not I shouldn't say provide I want to provide the way for us to create solutions as a generation and hammering out these issues. And Dan is out there doing that. He's making the connections. He's making sure that we are able to, you know, this hard-earned money that we earn all year, that, you know, we have to, you know, we have taxes that we have to pay, you know, and he's saying, hey, how about we take some of that tax money, put it over here to something that's a much better solution than what this tax money goes to. and so with that, uh, this is a re- interview that I recorded with him uh, earlier today, and, um, and I'll be posting this uh, the following day, so just to kind of space it out, but with that, I'm going to kick it over to the interview and let you guys listen to what Dan had to say. And... Today I have uh, Dan with me here, Dan Johnson from We Do Better, and we're going to be talking about what his organization is at We Do Better, what they're doing, and um, and so with that, thanks for coming on the show today, Dan. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, and so I'm, I'm excited. I think this will be uh, a good talk. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I know that listening to you on Van Armani's show really got me going. So I'm excited to sit down and have this chat. I think it's something that my audience will really like. Um, and so let's do a little introduction on you. Um, can you give me a, a bit of a background on 
you know, who you are, kind of what brought you to this idea of we do better and, you know, and what, you know, what, and then a little bit, I guess, too, on we, what we do better is as well. So I'll let you kind of do that because you got the words for it. I can certainly do that. Uh, thanks so much for having me on the show. And uh, I mean, I guess, I guess the, the big thing about me, uh, I've been in politics, uh, poly being many and ticks being blood-sucking creatures for uh, about six and a half years. And uh, I've done everything. Uh, I've done rallies, protests. Uh, if you know about uh, Homan Square, for example, the police detention center in Chicago, um, that was the solution to my activist training center. We were the reasons for that. Um, you know about the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, uh, people against the NDAA. Uh, we had 30,000 people involved around the country, one of the largest grassroots civil liberties organizations. Um, uh, I've uh, advised probably uh, 70 or 80 uh, various organizations. Um, and I've always looked for things that work. I've always wanted to win. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, philosophy is very good and messaging is very good, but unless you have a program that can be successful and successful for the whole of the people, um, then uh, that's uh, something that uh, if, if you don't have that, um, it's great discussion, but it doesn't lead to a lot of change. And so uh, after being involved in politics for, for quite a while, you know, I say on my bio on Facebook that I got into politics to help people. I figured that, you know, I realized that was quite unnecessary and now I just help people. Um, that I realized that the, the bureaucratic processes and uh, the voting process and a lot of the accountability measures that are in place uh, the government does not represent the people in any way, shape, or form. And uh, uh, the solution to that isn't to try to reform that system. We can talk about some of the fundamental flaws later. Um, but uh, kind of came across the realization that there are lots of organizations out there that are meeting human needs, that are meeting human needs directly, that connect directly with the people in their community. Um, that are doing a lot of the things that government is supposed to be doing, uh, but are doing it better, uh, but are providing better uh, resources, uh, but are spending their money uh, more efficiently. Uh, and the fact of the matter is we should be able, the biggest question in politics is who gets the resources. Politics is who gets what, when, where, and how. Um, whether it's politics inside the government or it's office politics, you know, who gets the promotion. Uh, it's who gets what, when, where, and how. And uh, We Do Better uh, is operating on the simple principle that there are many ways of addressing human needs in America. Uh, there's nonprofits, for-profits, informal groups, um, uh, et cetera. Uh, and, and, well, nonprofits, government, for-profits, informal groups. Uh, but the vast majority of uh, human needs are being met by nonprofits, for-profits, informal groups, i.e. we the people, hmm. and the vast majority of our resources are going to the government. We think that's a problem. And uh, we're set out not only to show people all of the great resources that are in their community right now that can help solve problems of homelessness, uh, of healthcare, of poverty, uh, all of these great issues of our time, uh, but also work to to allow people to directly uh, support those organizations through uh, We Do Better Action. 
Yeah. So that's awesome. I think, I think that that's been on just saying that the solutions are already out there. We just need to channel our efforts there, you know, not complaining about the, you know, the inefficiencies or whatever talking about, here's where people are already implementing the solutions. These are solutions that we have. Let's build those. I think that that's, that's awesome. So, um, so how does, I guess we kind of touched on a little bit, but what does, uh, give me some examples, I guess, of organizations who, you know, you have that are out there doing better and, you know, some of the things that, some of the reasons why you really decided to, or I guess some of the reasons why you're backing them, like what they're doing exactly that is better as a, you know, another solution than government. So there, there are lots of examples uh, out there, and I'm sure many of your listeners know of a, a organization or two in their community. Uh, and I'll only be able to call out a few of them on your show. Uh, a lot of them are listed on wedobetter.org. They can go to those who do better and find examples of those organizations. But I want to talk about a few that kind of really stand out. Um, one is Saved in America. Saved in America is based in San Diego, California. And they're an organization of former law enforcement, uh, Navy SEALs, and private investigators. And they have one mission, find missing children. Uh, since 2014, they have found uh, over 70 missing kids. They find them in an average of nine days and at a cost of only $5,000 to the organization to find these kids compared to a manhunt. Uh, which might find a child uh, by law enforcement, which might find a child in a few weeks um, or months, if at all, uh, and uh, uh, several hundred thousand dollars, if not millions of dollars, will be spent uh, on those manhunts. Another organization uh, in a completely different area is the Malihe Free Clinic. Uh, people who make about, and families who make about thirty-eight, thirty-six thousand dollars $36,000 a year or less um, but kind of right in that neighborhood, uh, do not qualify in many cases for, uh, subsidized insurance through, uh, the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare. Um, and they also don't have enough money to pay for real insurance or for, for regular for-profit, uh, insurance. Um, so Malihe Free Clinic, uh, serves these people and, uh, 95% of every dollar that goes into Malia Free Clinic uh, goes to uh, serve uh, those uh, served over 15,000 patients last year. Uh, and another final example I'll throw out, uh, three out of like 30 something on our website, uh, is uh, in uh, last year, Hurricane Harvey dumped about 2 trillion gallons uh, on uh, Houston and uh, other parts of Texas. Uh, the, uh, National Guard was activated. The Coast Guard was activated. The Coast Guard saved about, uh, 4,500 people, uh, and their budget is $7.6 billion. And that's very respectable and honorable. And, and that's a very important job that they do. But the Cajun Navy, an informal group of volunteers from Louisiana who drove down to Texas, asked for gas money and saved 6,000 people. <laughs> So uh, whether you're looking at efficiency of resources or you're looking at, uh, more importantly, the number of people that we can help, the amount of people who can be helped and how they can be helped in those underserved populations and uh, the people out there 
who need to rely on other organizations to help them through a tough spot uh, in any area, whether it's a natural disaster or poverty or healthcare. Uh, there are examples of organizations in communities today uh, that are doing better, and uh, uh, most people don't simply don't know about them. And uh, many, in many cases, those organizations are struggling uh, for very resources that make their job possible. Yeah, and and I think too, one of the great things um, about uh, the about like going to private charity or to charities and you know organizations rather than government, especially ones that are dealing with the community, is you kind of have a lot more empathy and a lot more interaction with the individuals that you're helping, the people that you're you know. I can just remember, you know, in high school and stuff. I went to Catholic school, so we had service hours going to like soup kitchens or even going out and just taking sandwiches around, you know, and finding people out, you know, giving them hot soup in the cold winter and, you know, and giving them coats and all that. And just having the actual interaction with those people is something that, you know, I think really meant a lot to me. And, you know, I think it's something that you kind of take away from people when they're not the ones writing the check off to their, to the organization itself, you know, or, helping volunteering with an organization instead of like, you know, that's something that you lose when you take it and it's just kind of money that's taken out of your check before you see it through taxes or whatever. I think you lose that personal to person connection there. And I think that's something that we do better is, you know, kind of revitalizing, you know, it's, it's about community and people and we, the people helping. Um, And I think that's awesome. Well, and, and you see, you see so much of the results of this division. Uh, like I always chuckle that that uh, you know, in a bad way, that the the people who came up with uh, providing public services through the government, uh, I'm not sure what they were smoking to have this idea to hit the people who need the most against those who have the most. Mm-hmm taking from those who have the most and giving those who have the most no control over where that goes and then giving them to be it to people who need the most uh like it creates this back and forth fight it creates red tape because one group uh believes they're giving too much and one group believes they're not getting enough and so they continually accuse each other of abuse and government steps in and tries to regulate it uh so then a lot is lost through regulations and red tape and bureaucracy and anyone who's ever applied for food stamps uh, anyone who's ever applied for welfare, they know the type of bureaucracy you have to go through uh, in order to get access to the help that you might need. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's fundamental flaw number eight uh, of when you ask government to deliver a public service, you uh, make people less likely to act on their compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, either because they think it's already being taken care of, so why would I take care of the homeless? Or because, well, you're taking something from me, so why should I, you know, help support? Why should I put my heart into it? Uh, why should I care? Because uh, I don't care, and you're taking money from me and putting it there anyway. Mm-hmm. And so you touched on the fundamental flaws. I think that's a good thing. You know, we talked about some examples of people doing, you know, things correctly, doing things better um, than government. So what is it then that you know kind of made you say, oh, governments, you know? got these issues to kind of talk about fundamental flaws. These are some issues that government inherently has. How do 
what are they? I guess, you know, we can talk about those. Well, if we're, if we're searching and we should be, we should be searching for the best way to meet human needs in this country. If there's, there's one purpose that people look to the government to, to do, it's, it's to meet a lot of the human needs that maybe other organizations they don't think are meeting or, or they don't believe are, are capable. Um, and uh, if we look at what happens when you ask government to meet human needs, uh, well, you have a lot of really serious flaws. Um, you have, for example, uh, you have government is the only institution on earth where resources don't follow results. Mm-hmm. Mean. That means that uh, if you have a lawn boy uh, who's you know mowing your lawn for you and they don't do a good job, you can uh, choose not to hire them again. Uh, if you have a nonprofit that you're donating to and they you know, waste the money, you can choose not to donate again. If you have a, um, a massive corporation like a Coca-Cola uh, and uh, you know, there's a, a fly in your drink, you can choose not to purchase from them again. And in every single case, you have an instantaneous impact. You may not have an impact Coca-Cola as you have the lawn boy but you have an instant impact, but you have no such impact on government services. And so uh, it leads to fundamental flaw number two, where um, there's a guaranteed revenue stream. Every single year, government will get the exact same amount of resources, no matter what their results are. Uh, If you want an example of uh, uh, what this does, uh, especially given, given your audience, do you remember when United Airlines dragged a passenger off of their flight? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you remember what happened to the stock? Oh, it plummeted. United Airlines lost $255 million in one day of their stock. Um, and that was after a recovery. They, they lost a lot more before it recovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in response, uh, United Airlines announced 10 new policies, including only using law enforcement for violent situations. Uh, Delta increased their maximum uh, compensation for passengers. Southwest introduced new policies. Uh, American Airlines introduced new policies. This would be like if a police department shoots an unarmed kid, like in the case of Tamir Rice in Cleveland, and then every police department in the state. But that doesn't happen with government because they don't have to earn the dollars. They do not have to earn the resources. So the results, they, they don't respond to real world outcomes because they have this guaranteed paycheck. The results never match the resources coming in because the people do not have any accountability on where those resources are going. And I could go on and on. This causes waste, you know. Um, you know what causes uh, you to, uh, what reduces, what causes downward pressure on waste? It's when you can't, you don't spend $100 on the steak dinner because you won't be able to spend $100 on advertising. You might need that advertising. Well, if you're going to get the exact same paycheck every single year, that doesn't change anything. Um, if you look at uh, uh, how, how people uh, are treated, um, by uh, government agencies. Uh, everybody knows about the DMV. Um, you know, imagine if Starbucks were taken over by the DMV. 
and they called it a department of caffeinated beverage distribution. Um, like what would change? I mean, you'd, you'd walk in and, uh, you'd get greeted. Um, you'd, Hey, take a number. You can choose between, uh, lukewarm, cold and extra cold coffee. Uh, you, uh, uh, everyone is in drab. Uh, everyone's depressed. You get up to the counter. Uh, they put a number on your cup and then you, you come up to pick it up and they take a picture of you. Looks like you're drunk and or high. Like, um, it disincentivizes quality and social services. You can go on and on and on and on. But the point is that uh, there are organizations in your community, to those listening, your organizations, your community right now that are addressing human needs directly, that are addressing the needs of your community, uh, that uh, are not burdened by these fundamental flaws because there's direct accountability that you, the donor, or you, the volunteer, can have on that organization that simply government does not have. And so we do better is we the people do better than government, not because we hate the government, not because the government you know, is terrible or anything like that, but simply because when we the people, through a nonprofit, through a for-profit, through an informal group, when we the people address a problem in society, we have accountability to the people who are supporting us, who are buying our product, who are donating to us, and because we have that accountability, we have to put the resources where we do better. And uh, we are able to help that many more people. That was why the Cajun Navy rescued 6,000 people instead of 4,500. It's not because uh, um, the, the Coast Guard was uh, you know, incompetent or everybody at the Coast Guard is evil or anything like that. It was that the Coast Guard, if they spend that $7.6 billion, doing the wrong things or overpaying for things. And anyone who's been in the military knows how much you pay for screws and hammers. Um, if the Coast Guard had not been spending that money on those things and had been spending that money rescuing people, they would have been in the exact same position. It's not the people, it's the system. And that's why we do better. That's why we are called We Do Better. Because at the end of the day, it is about meeting human needs. And if one system does, results in a bunch of waste, pays a bunch of bureaucrats and contractors uh, money that they don't deserve uh, and doesn't go to helping people, then that is not the system we should be using. We should be finding the organizations or the systems in our area that do eventually help, that do help people and that are helping people right now. And we should be able to support those organizations. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think, I think that that's something that, you and you and I think there's also just a lot more transparency as well because you know I've been talking to you about kind of getting involved with this and you're bringing up you know stats and numbers about Indiana's government that I wouldn't know how to find but if I wanted to donate to any charity you know then I could find their numbers easily like I've looked them up you know I've I've seen like those uh, things about like Susan B Coleman walks and or G Coleman walks and about how you know, how inefficient they are. And I've looked it up and kind of said, Oh, that's not quite right. You know, all the numbers that they throw out there, you can find those numbers so easily, but there's just no transparency on what, when you take money out of my taxes, where that goes, it just kind of, you know, disappears behind red tape. It seems like. Well, and, and more importantly, not just where the money goes, but what's the impact, right? Um, so I have a fun challenge for your listeners. Go to the department of housing and urban developments website. And go try to find, remember the, the purpose of HUD 
is to help people get into low-income housing uh, or fully subsidized housing in order to get them on their feet eventually, uh, in order to help them out in most cases get into permanent housing. I dare you to find not where the money is spent, because you can eventually find that on the Housing and Urban Development's website, but how many people did they help? How many people did they help get into low-income housing? And how many people did they help get out of it and into permanent housing? Because we spent two days trying to find those numbers, and we had no luck. And the reason for that is HUD doesn't have to earn your money. I had, um, uh, speaking of HUD, a friend of mine who used to work for me at one of my organizations, he used to intern, he's now an administrator at HUD. Uh, he'll remain anonymous, but he's now an administrator at HUD. And I asked him, what would happen if people could send their money to other organizations that helped with housing at, uh, you know, in, in his area? instead of HUD. He said the wait lists would disappear immediately. He said, we have a wait list of between six months and a year for most people to get into housing. And it's not that we don't have the houses. The houses are available. The people are available to go in them. It's that we don't want to do the paperwork. And uh, if we had to compete for those dollars, we would be doing the paperwork. And he said the wait list would disappear tomorrow. That's crazy. That's insane. I, and I think that that's actually even more profound than, you know, where, what about the money? It's about what's the impact at the end? You know, what, what do you get for that? And that's awesome. So, um, with that, so let's continue on. I wanted to kind of talk to you about this because when we were chatting earlier, you kind of talked to me about, you know, this is something I think that I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, whatever. I think the mission that you're working with here with We Do Better is kind of above partisanship. Um, you know, it's something that everyone wants to help people, but we just kind of, you know, we can't get together on taxes. We can't get together on government, but we all want, we all have these ideas and we want to create solutions. But whenever it comes to talking about where tax dollars go or taxation, you know, you kind of said that both sides are talking past each other. I think that that's something that, you know, worth talking about and touching on here. Well, you know, I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show that I've been in politics for six and a half years, and, and I've run three national organizations in that time. And uh, uh, imagine that politics is like a boxing ring. Um, one side picks their champion and the other side picks their champion. And they both throw money and resources and time behind it. And when the other champion loses, the other side loses. Either they uh, lose money out of their wallet or they lose their home or they lose their kids or they lose their life in some cases. Uh, and uh, we do better is saying, look, we don't have to fight in that arena. Uh, that uh, all of the, the problems, you know, um, there's a big argument right now over universal health care. Uh, that uh, everyone should have access uh, to health care. Uh, and uh, the world that we would like to see is where everyone has access to health care. But the way to do that is not through trying a system that we know doesn't give everyone access to healthcare, that we know creates longer waiting lists. 
it's by going to a Christian healthcare ministries, which has been, uh, has 279,000 members, uh, has been around since 1981 and covered over a billion dollars in medical bills and their plans cost half the price of Obamacare. Um, it's going to cash clinics, uh, where x-rays cost, uh, you know, 60 or $80, like at Clinica Mi Pueblo, instead of, uh, two or $300. Uh, the doctor's offices. Um, it's going to free clinics like uh, Malihe Free Clinic we talked about earlier. Um, that uh, the solutions to uh, these moral, great moral dilemmas do not have to require punishing other people. And they already exist. We've already shown that they can do better. And so what I'm asking people to do, having been inside the boxing arena, having picked some of the champions, uh, having been in the stands and cheered and thrown signs and chairs at the boxing arena, punch your ticket out. Just say there, because that, that way only leads to division. That way only leads to... Uh, uh, lies it leads to uh, a lack of integrity and most of all it leads to punishing people who do not need to be punished who are your neighbors who are your friends who are your family if you're asking for government to create a new program you're going to punish uh, people who are taxpayers if you're asking government to cut a new program and you're not looking for another solution you're going to punish people uh, who are relying on those services there's no reason to get involved in that boxing match and so what we're saying is look there are better, better ways that are already out there. Why don't we just use those? Punch your ticket out of the boxing ring of politics. There really isn't, uh, that really is not going to get you anywhere if you're looking for real solutions. Yeah, no, I agree. And so if people are out here looking for uh, real solutions, uh, why don't you tell them how they can get involved with you over at We Do Better, um, how they can reach out and if they're, whether they, you know, whatever they want to do. If it's, you know, you can, I guess you can take it from there. So uh, our focus right now uh, is through We Do Better Action, uh, which is our action arm. Um, if uh, the Malia Free Clinic serves uh, 15,000 people, uh, and it costs about $58 or so to the clinic uh, every time they serve someone, um, and uh, the government backed or, you know, on Medicare, let's say, um, it costs a thousand dollars to serve someone. Uh, but the government has, so the government's thousand dollars, Malihe is $60. Um, Malihe can serve, uh, let's say it's, it's 50 bucks. Malihe can serve 20 people, uh, for every one that the government does. If the, but if the government has a $2 trillion budget and Malihe has a $3 million budget. The government has a $4 trillion budget and Malihe has a $2 million budget. Who is going to serve more people? Yeah, the government still will. Uh, at, at the end of the day, these organizations, even though they do better, do not have the resources to do better and thus the people who could have been helped if that money were not wasted, those people are left to suffer. Their people are left with uh, a pain in their arm they can't identify. They're left with uh, teeth that they can't get cleaned or fixed. They're left with that at the end of the day, 
our resources going to areas that are not effective and organizations that are not effective uh, harms people. Um, but there is a solution to what I think is one of the underlying problems. Number one is that people don't know these organizations exist. And number two, which is what we're focused on that we do better action, is that they cannot direct their public service resources, i.e. their tax dollars, to those organizations. But what if you could? Well, for the past 20 years in Arizona, uh, taxpayers in Arizona have been able to direct 200 of their tax dollars to any nonprofit that serves the poor in the state of Arizona, over 800 organizations. Um, that in 2016, 136,000 Arizonans sent $52 million to those organizations. And at the end of 2016, the credit was doubled from 200 to $400 per person. We don't even know what the numbers are yet for 2007. Uh, what if that were in your community? What if that were in Marion County? What if that were in uh, California where we just got a bill, we had a bill introduced this year? Um, what if you had the ability to direct your dollars and support the organizations that do better in your community? Uh, that is the action that we're taking. We have a model. Um, we're, uh, we've created the messaging. Uh, we write the legislation. We've written, uh, or we're going to write a credit for your area if you're listening in. And if you say, look, I, I, I think that we the people do better. I think that uh, if we work together, uh, if uh, that we the people can address the problems in our community. Uh, and I'd like to get started. Uh, pushing a charitable credit in my community. Um, we can help get you started. We've had, uh, we're up to uh, uh, six teams now uh, this week. Uh, we've added three this week and we had uh, two the two weeks before. We do better actions exploding and people are saying, you know what? We the people should have a say in how human needs are met in our community. And we believe the best way to do that is to empower the people directly to meet those needs. If you'd like to get involved, go to wedobetter.org, hit on get involved, send a submission. If you want some more information, hit contact us. If you want some of the resources, including those who do better, a list of organizations around the country that are addressing various human needs uh, better than government services or um, who are addressing an area that government is not, uh, you can go to wedobetter.org, check out those who do better, check out some of the resources. At the end of the day, remember, that we do better, not we can, not maybe, not eventually. Right now, there are organizations in your community that do better, and if we simply work together with them, we can solve the problems uh, that our nation faces. Yeah, um, that's, I'm glad that you're doing this. I think it's awesome what We Do Better is doing. Um, and, you know, for my listeners as well, this is something that, I've reached out to him and I'm getting involved with here in Indianapolis um, for people who do find the show and aren't in Indianapolis. You can as well get involved for sure. For those of you in it, in the Indianapolis area that I know, you know, you can reach out to me. And with that, uh, I think may, may I, may I say welcome on board. We're going to bring it up on the podcast, but uh, welcome aboard as our, our new Marion County. Uh, we our team leader. Yeah. Thank you. And, and so, and I'll, we'll, uh, with that, you know, I think that we've kind of wrapped up everything that we wanted to touch on. Um, 
thank you again, Dan, for doing this and for all the work that you're doing with We Do Better. I think it's awesome. And I'm glad there's someone out there doing it and, you know, filling these, filling these needs. Well, and uh, unlike most people, uh, you've also decided that that someone is you. <laughs> so thank you. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, and I look to be back soon. All right. Thanks, Dan. And again, I would like to give Dan a big shout out for coming on and talking with me. He uh, took a lot of time today to really hammer out some of the fine details of how we're going to be going about this project together, how I'm going to be working with him. Like he said, I want like five or six teams. And so with that, I'll be giving you updates about how I'm doing. You know, it's going to be kind of slow at first and gaining traction, but I'd like to really walk you guys through this so that, because I think this is actually kind of a cool thought lesson to put out on the blog and the podcast is, you know, what does our legislative system look like at a t city town level where you can really have an impact? Um, because we all know that I can't introduce a bill to Mitch McConnell, but, you know, uh, I have maybe connections and charities and, you know, big schools in Indianapolis and this and that and family members, you know, and friends who drove the mayor around. So maybe I can find something in my city to make something that really impacts, you know, my tax liability at the end of the year, my, my community, it, because it has charitable services that are being provided with better funding and, you know, fewer strings attached and, you know, and then also people are getting involved with funding these things. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, I want to help with these things as well. I'm going to become a volunteer too. And so I'm incredibly excited about what I'm doing and what this is going to be. And I hope that uh, I'll be directing you guys too. I'm going to be creating a Facebook page for the Indianapolis one and or for the We Do Better Indianapolis, but I ask you guys to go out to wedobetter.org and see what's going on. If you're like, hey, you know, I, my, you know, town or city or county or whatever has this big tax liability and I want to cut into that and give back to the community in a way that makes the community better, this is something you can do. This is something that you can say, hey, I want to allow all of us, you know, our town to put our money where our mouth is and see which you know charities are doing the best and which um, solutions out there are going to beat the solutions that government has tried to provide and in most cases failed and allow government to divert its resources to where you know it actually is a little bit better than these things. So because you know I talk about this all the time, that's at least at the federal level. Uh, I think I've said it before on here. You know you're better off giving Apple who has the ability to move billions of dollars easily they have they have more cash on hand than the federal government just giving them our welfare money dollar for dollar and just giving them 50 percent of it to distribute it to who needs it i mean because because they're that big they probably are just as capable as our federal government and they could do it for i bet you 50 cents on the dollar which would be a step up from our federal government and if you think it's worse at your local or better at your local level it's not we looked into it and uh, and Dan told me basically that about 6% of the money that's uh, like cash, um, that's cash assistance that is, you know, sorry, 6% of the money that's allocated for cash assistance actually gets to who, um, deserves the money or who is entitled theoretically to the money, who's, who the money's supposed to go to. And so 6%, six cents on the dollar. And that's at the county level. You know, that's, that's our city. That's our, you know, city and county in Indianapolis are all one. Basically it's the same, 
they have the same borders, Indianapolis and Marion County. So that's, that's terrible. And I mean, you can't tell me that even the worst charities don't do better than that. <laughs> even the worst ones. And I'm talking about, you know, Hey, let's find some really good ones who are really doing some really good work. And I know a lot who are here and that's why I'm excited. That's why I want this to be a thing. And I'm going to be promoting it through here, link into the Facebook page. So if you guys are in Indianapolis and following along, do it. If you are at home and you live in another city or state or whatever, I mean, I guess you can't do it in country, but if you live somewhere else in the U.S., get in touch with Dan through wedobetter.org. Um, go to their contact page and hit them up and see what you can do for them. Even if it's, you know, I mean, charities take money too. So even if it's a donation, heck, if you live in one of those places that has it, you can, I think you can, they can, I'm pretty sure they would count as well in some of them. So, um, but I would double check first, but if that's what you're worried about, but still donate to them and see. And with that, uh, thank you guys for checking out this extra episode, this little bonus episode of the conversation of our generation. I hope to bring more people on like this and talking about ideas and things that are being implemented that we can implement and bring on just interesting guests. And so with that, thank you guys. And, uh, I'll be talking to you next Tuesday, you know, morning, early, afternoon-ish. <laughs> so thanks for listening and have a good weekend, guys. <laughs>